Hey, Derek, how you doing this morning? I'm okay. I was listening to you. I was, I've been up, but I wanted to give you a little bit of room to breathe. Well, thank you. I set the table, if you will, when I come in and just chew up the scenery and eat everything. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're still almost like like laid back, half sleeping this morning. Do you have a good night, Derek? I did. I watched Star Trek Picard's finale, which was awesome. I caught up on Ted Lasso and Who? Uh, can't remember Star what Trek else. what? Picard, you know, from the Next Generation, the original series. Is probably so was more it? You. Was that because um, I tried to watch the first season of okay. Picard and was just bored, just tears. Did you like the Next Generation? Love the Next Generation. One of my favorite you shows of all time. You were bored by the first season. I was bored by oh, the second season. I could season. not get through. I didn't try it. But then I heard that the third season was nothing like the other two. And that, no, and the third season and that, is. And that I should watch the third season. All right, I'm a t- total geek. All the chicks out there are about to fall asleep. <laughs> I get completely like you guys are nerds. Um, the third season, if you remember Deep Space Nine, it was absolutely kind of boring. It was it was like very slow administrative yeah, yeah. show, and right. then the war happened, right? And with the Dominion, you're like, oh my god, this is now it's awesome. Third season is that, and it's got okay. all the characters you remember from the Next Generation. Literally everybody from the Next Generation. So I don't remember any of them. Never watched. Well, well, you don't remember long- Data. James. Oh, I remember Data. Okay, well then you you, you do remember. So I saw remember. him in one or two shows. Would I be lost if I just watched the third season? And no, didn't go you would be okay. grateful if you skipped the second season. But if you okay. didn't see, my best friend didn't like the first season, but loved the second season. I loved the first season. I thought the second season was boring. So, I actually yeah. have to admit, I watched one of the episodes of Picard. I watched something about something about Data being something something. It was like. Mm. You know, Whatever. Like you you Mr. Calling from... as a film reviewer, Jay. <laughs> Something's, I don't know, junk. He was, it was, he was some, on there, I don't know. Data did something. It was Data not being, I don't even know how to explain it. It was about Data, but Data wasn't even in it until the end. And then, I don't know, it was so convoluted. I'm like, what is, I kept falling asleep on it and then waking up and then trying to figure out what was going on. Maybe you try watching it from beginning to end whilst awake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you might get something from it. It was too boring. Everybody else will like it. Okay. And I liked the first season of, season of Ted Lasso. I Lasso. was talked into Ted Lasso. It's a great show. It is a great Yeah, show. but then I had no desire to see the second season. You just aren't a fun person. There's something fundamentally something wrong Something happens, you. Derek. Something who, happens who between goes? the first... James, it's you, not you're, like, you're it's like not this like is the Uhtred best meal the... I've this is the best meal I've ever had. This is my favorite food. Never serve it to me again. Who's who says that? It's like it was a good show, but it's like okay, I'm satiated with it. Enough, thank you. I don't want to see Ted Lasso anymore. <laughs> you didn't see how they would earn their um, back into the first yeah, division. You didn't want to see them. Look, I'm sure the I audience didn't care. Chewing I didn't glass. care. I've even forgotten. It's like watching I... Seinfeld. Like, this is really funny, but you know what? I've had enough. Thank, thank you, enough. thank you, Scott. That's exactly <laughs> it. It was really good. I'm not saying that's okay. I've I'm had enough. Using it as an analogy. But it's, it's like true. going out on a. Let me put it in terms that James will understand, since he's a ladies' man. It's going out with a beautiful lady. And no, Avery's the ladies' man. Wonderful time, and then you say, "Are you going to call her?" No, I'm not. It was too much fun. There's no way to top the fun we had. 
nor even achieve it again because it was Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon sort of stuff. And once you, you've met somebody, you can't re-meet them for the first time. It was magic. So I shall let this potential love of my life go. And uh, I'll go fall asleep watching data, trying to figure out what data is and be angry at the world. That's Is this your, your typical Saturday afternoon? Kind of. <laughs> 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 oh. Not Kids quite. Today. Kids today. <laughs> you know? Okay, I have a political question, and we have to take a break. Here's right. the political question. Chris Christie is now seeking, according to news headlines, to topple Ron DeSantis as the chief rival to Donald Trump. Is he going to belly Chris? Oh, we. You know, I didn't want to say this. The Twitter feed on Chris Christie's stories is painful to read. I have never seen so many jokes about a single politician as I see about Chris Christie, and they're not fun jokes. Either. No, they're mean, they're terrible, and you know, I'm concerned for the man because I've never seen anybody have gastric bypass surgery and gain weight. There's something <laughs> fundamentally wrong with that, so I'm, medically there's a concern. Derek, <laughs> you're mean. I'm not mean. I'm honest in a way that You're other people mean. are afraid to be. You're... Oh, WABC Talk Radio. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I'm not. WABC Talk Radio 77. That was so mean. 800-848-WABC. Uh, 800-848-WABC. We are coming back. If that you've got a stomach the size of your thumb, uh, are you just (laughs) filling it with lard? Like, what do you, how do you gain weight? Hey, hey, Derek, man, you got a real problem with fat people, man. No, I don't. I have a problem with fraud. (laughs) This this is the second week in a row. Oh, you ain't heard nothing yet. Hey, don't go to, don't go down south, man. Hey, you know, I've been members of my family with a gravitational pull. Middle, or middle America or something. Like, I'm telling you, they're going to corner you. I'll never go to Disney, so don't, there wasn't an issue anyway. But no, it, it, come on, man. Don't, go to, don't go to a Walmart. His, talk about his brilliant strategy. Talk about his bridge policy. I mean, what are you going to talk about, Chris Christie? <laughs> We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ah, yes. This is an iconic song. Derek, this song was way before you were born. I, I was forcibly raised on old-style country. Every time oh. my mother uh, was driving, which mercifully wasn't, I guess it was semi-often. But uh, she, Alabama, the Oak Ridge Boys, Conway Twitty, Charlie Pride, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, all that stuff. It's seared into my brain. So it is not something that is, you know, Glenn Campbell is not something that is unfamiliar to me. All right. I love this song. This song to me is just such a beautiful, beautiful composition. Now, Glenn Campbell, the reason we're playing it, 1936. 
1936. His birthday. Oh. Yeah. Today? I did not know that Glenn Campbell spent a lot of his time as a studio musician. I did. He's playing, he's playing guitar on Frank Sinatra's um, Strangers in the Night. We played the Righteous Brothers the other day. He's playing guitar on You Lost That Loving Feeling. He played on The Monkees. He played with Bobby Darren, Ricky Nelson. A lot of those guys from back then were, were session guys who just toyed with songwriting and then, you know, discovered that you could, they could sing. They, they're legend now, but they're, they weren't, they were popular in their genre. They're way more popular now, even though they don't sell that many records. There's kind of like the people who are late to the party to a, a band that you liked since they were on an indie label, and suddenly they make it big, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, I love that. I'm like, no, you, you made fun of me in high school for wearing the T-shirt of this band. But um, <laughs> it was... He, I, this, this, he's way more sorry, popular dear. now, realistically, than he was when he was alive, because he was, having a number one country record... Was certainly an oh, but this went beyond country. This I know this was that, played everywhere. Was, this was a top forty hit, right? It was. It, he wasn't. It didn't catapult him to continued fame and fortune like every, like rock and roll. The the who, right. So he didn't hit. become hit after hit after hit. Right. Although it, it enabled them have, to all be drunks. You know, George okay, Jones. But, but could, his two absolutely be afford his beer. His two big hits. <clears throat> By the time I get to Phoenix, which is another iconic hit, that one, you know, Isaac Hayes does a version of that one that's really good. He did a cover on it. Mm. And this one, Wichita Lineman, Cool and the Gang did an instrumental version of Wichita Lineman. Spike Mickens playing trumpet. That's you really awesome. You are missing awesome. probably his biggest hit. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one was that one. everywhere. Still. That one. Yeah, like I'm not saying, wow, what, what, it really warms but, my heart. Okay, it makes so me want to go what, put on sequins or anything. But it is one of those songs that was everywhere and is still sort of ubiquitous. When you hear it, everybody knows it. Nobody knows where they know it from. Even if they weren't alive at the time, they all kind of go right along with it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, Robert says Glenn Campbell was part of the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you, Miss Churchill. Um, let's see. Okay, some other stories. Derek, this one's right up your alley, right. I think. Remember we were talking last week and you were so mean to that woman who was overweight and wanted to have, you know, more room on the plane? Yeah. Remember that, Derek? You were very mean. And, in fact, that led to Dr. Nicholas calling, which we were so happy about. Right, and I sent you a text message that you did not object to. I didn't say that glandular issues are not true whatsoever. I'd say that suddenly we have somebody put something in the food supply to ruin people's thyroid glands if it was all glandular. I'm willing to allow the fact that there's a percentage of it that is medical. There's also a percentage of it that is McDonald'sical. (laughs) There he goes again. Okay, so this one, this is another Southwest flight. There's a viral video that's going around. A man is having a tamper, 
a temper tantrum, rather, profanity-laced temper tantrum because a baby was crying and would not be quiet. Now, this was a plane bound uh, for Fort Lauderdale, and the flight was in air. It had to be rerouted to Orlando because of weather conditions. Got bumpy, got a little uncomfortable. Out of nowhere, this man pipes up, shut that baby up. And it went downhill from there. Four and a half minutes, he says, why is this baby yelling? I'm not screaming. Want me to scream? Out. Blanking scream. Please, stop the baby. We're in a blinking tin can with a baby in a blanking echo chamber. Can you lower that voice? I paid for a ticket to have a blanking comfortable, comfortable flight. That child has been crying for 40 minutes. Finally, they found another seat for the poor woman and her baby. Um, um, but have you been on that flight, the flight from hell, where a baby cries the entire flight? And, I mean, if, if you do not have children, if you're not used to the sound of babies crying, it is really, it is penetrating. It is rough to handle. And when you have a baby that cries, I mean, I have been that person, except I didn't yell out. I was just like, would somebody please stick a pacifier in that baby's mouth? <laughs> would somebody please, do you have any duct tape? Do you have anything? Oh, I mean, I'm the one to duct tape that kid's head shut. I'm no, but I never said it. I, <clears throat> I was just thinking it because it was, that sound is That's a worse. piercing sound. You're the type sound. of person who breaks. I've been on that flight. I've never been, been on, on that, that flight. flight. Now I'm afraid to fly because it'll be my next flight. But I've been on the flight with jerks, but I've never been on the flight and, and crying babies, but not to the point that it drove you to break. No, I have God been on a flight with where a ba- for a reason. I've been on a flight where a baby cried nonstop for over an hour, and it just it drives you insane. But imagine being the the parent. I there. know. You know you're That's why to... I would never say anything. You know the parents don't like this either. Then you're Im- mortified. You're embarrassed. My kids throw a fit in Target, and I'm just like, oh, jeez, come on. Can I buy a blanket and throw it over them in the cart? Like, what, what can I do here? What can it, you it do? Is... I'll tell you what you can do when your kid throws a kid a fit in Target. You whack their hiney, and oh, you yeah. take them out of the store. No, I get it. And you no, stop them from terrorizing people. My kids know the look. My kids know the clenched teeth yell. You know, the one I used to get from my mom when we get home, you're going to get it's like the jaw. They got locked jaws sewed together. But, man, I'm going to. They know that and they shut up. But it is still embarrassing, especially. I mean, we're dealing with an infant. You can't. Right. You can't rationalize with an infant. It's hungry. It's a it's a crying poop machine until they're like six months. And then you can make them laugh and you go, oh, wow, they're they're sentient. That's interesting. And then they become interesting, and you can kind of distract them with with shiny objects. But when they're a kid, you don't. They can't go. My back hurts, or I've, I've got an uncomfortable poop or gas or whatever it is. They don't. You don't know, and you're just looking at it, going, "I'll pat it on the back, I'll rock it around." Like something will jar loose and fix whatever the problem is, because you have no idea what it is. When you I held have my a little grandson, bit of empathy for them. But you do, at my... a certain point, you do want to say, well, you shut the kid up. Come on. <laughs> it, 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 I'll never believe they tried everything. 
Something works at home. I promise you something works at home. Do it at home. Do what you do at home. I will home. tell you this. I have never heard a baby cry louder than my grandson does. It is astounding to me. And his mom and dad said when he was delivered um, and he came out, and that first cry, everybody in the room turned around and looked like, what alien <laughs> creature is this? <laughs> he is loud. He cry, He's loud. I love that little boy so much already. He's loud. But, uh, okay, we got to take a break. Have you been on that flight? If you have been on that flight with the crying baby, 800-848. Oh, the guy's wife, by the way, was sitting next to him looking like, oh, M.G. I am married to this jerk. He's embarrassing me. Uh, yeah, I got another text on that. that. If your ears pop, okay, if your ears pop when you're flying, can you imagine how much it hurts and scares a baby when their ears are popping? Absolutely. A baby has an attention span of about three seconds, though. They should get over it. I, I'm not giving a baby pass on that one. D-E-R, that's Derek Hunter. Address <laughs> right, the look, Come on, you put a, a pacifier, a bottle in his mouth, and the ears pop, and you're distracted. Shake some keys in the kid's face. Do something. Derek Hunter. James How long Golden is somebody AKA supposed to be traumatized by their ears popping? <laughs> We'll be back in a moment. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. My instant messages are blowing up. This one says, tell Derek he's crazy. Uh, the other like says, Im- imagine how the baby feels. Where's the grace? Where's the tolerance? What did I say that it? was like, get the baby? You're the one who said, get the baby. I'm just <laughs> sitting there not giving the baby a pass for an hour crying because they, their ears popped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sting and the police come back. This never gets old. I, you know, do you know, hey, Derek, you know what, you know what Sting did before he was, became this world famous musician? He was a school teacher. Yeah, a literature teacher. Mm-hmm. I think it shows in his writing. I really, I really admire a lot of the things that he's come up with over the years. Gordon's I mean, I know he's a big leftist and all of that, but I mean, so, I mean, who cares? He's, he's he's good, and if you think about what the police did with three people in the band, three with a trio, exactly. And what's amazing to me is they are one of the bands who left more money on the table than anybody else. Yeah, they ended up hating each other. God, they hated each other. But all they had to do was play together, right? They reached a point even now. 
They don't have to ride on a tour bus or ride in a van to go to their gigs together. They could reunite and do a tour where they just fly there. They see each other at Soundcheck. They have their staffs decide on the set list, and then they do the show and then get away from each other. They hate each other so much they can't do that. They won't do that, whatever it is. And they, Maybe they made so much money that they have FU money, and they're like, you know what, I don't care. But it, it seems like with every other band in the world that seemingly made enough money that coming back together, that the police could do that. There's a demand for it. You think at some point nostalgia would kick in, and then you go, God, that's right, that's why I hate that guy. But I'm going to <laughs> not see him again until <laughs> Cleveland, so I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to deal with it. I can get it have when you're you a smaller been band. Have what? you been seeing all the stuff that's going on with Journey? No. Oh, whoa, I know whoa. they fired Steve Perry and replaced him with the uh, karaoke singer from the, the Phil- Philippines or whatever. Then let's, here we go. Not nice again. The karaoke the singer. Was, was, that's how they discovered him. The- like He sounded like exactly like Steve Perry because he was doing karaoke of Journey songs. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong about okay, that, but he's more why, than a karaoke singer. He was playing in a Journey cover band. He wasn't necessarily doing karaoke. Okay, it's not much better. Beatlemania <laughs> did not go and get the guy playing John Lennon to come in and say, you know what, we got some space. But anyway. <clears throat> this Journey thing, they have gone legal with each other. You know, it's gotten to the point of injunction. No, no, this is some... This is a whole nother deal. It's, I'll have to dig out the details. It's ugly, and it is personal. So, you know, I saw Journey. I went to a rehearsal a few years ago. Um, Omar was playing with them for uh, for a brief period of time when their drummer was out, and um, I went to a rehearsal. Oh, they are amazing. They sound amazing. It's just sad to see. But, you know, I guess it can happen, you know. I mean, Wait, who is stays? It, is this a lawsuit between Steve Perry and the band, or is it a No, not Perry. The this is the, that... No, this is the band. It's it's the guitarist, and it's Neil Schoen and one of the other members. Jonathan Neil Schoen and Jonathan Kane are um, versus the bass player and the drummer. The bass, I know, I don't know all the details, but I know the bass player and the drummer wanted to take full legal control of the band. But um, uh, Kane and Schoen got... Like last minute control of it, and was were able to fire them, and now replace them with um with a uh, couple other people. <laughs> it's a mess. So it's all about it's a mess. tour on the. It's it's kind of necrophilia in a way. They want to ride that band's what? name into the end. Oh, it's dead. It's like at a certain point, the the temptations touring. There are no temptations <laughs> in the temptations, Stop it. right? There's one left. Uh, is, is he the original, touring? Is he part of the, the founding thing? member? Or Neil is he in the nursing help? Neil, you know? Journey is Neil Schoen, in my opinion. Uh, Steve, he was part of Journey before Steve Perry was even in it. So, so Journey is Neil Schoen. Um, and by the way, I think I think the bassist is now um, Randy Jackson, American Idol, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, he toured with them in the '80s. Man. Let's talk about building the wall. Remember all that stuff about building the wall and how how liberals hate building walls? I do. Guess who's building a wall? A liberal. The Oprah. The Oprah. The Oprah, her neighbors are reportedly upset. She's building a wall near her property, and she's building a wall to stop flooding near her property. Now, Oprah has spent a lot of money on this property. We're talking... I don't know, multi, multi millions. I think she bought the original 
one for fifty million or something like that, then dumped another one. Uh, but anyway, those rains in California have somehow or another affected the property. So she's building a wall. It's sort of a, a and, and now the neighbors are worried that the flood waters, because she's building her wall, she's going to divert the water to their property. <laughs> so there. Well, are any of them Oprah? No, none of them are no. Oprah. So shut up. So I just say build. The, <laughs> so you're just saying build that wall. Build no, that yeah, wall. Look, she's Oprah. Who is going to tell? Who among us is uh, even enough of a person to look Oprah in the eye? You're not allowed to make eye contact with Oprah. There's a great book, probably 15, 20 years old by now, by Peter Schweitzer, one of his earlier books called Do As I Say, Not As I Do, Profiles in Liberal Hypocrisy. And the, it goes through the Kennedys. It goes through Michael Moore. It's it's a really great book. It documents their absolute hypocrisy. But the thesis is that when a conservative is a hypocrite, they're destroyed. It ruins their reputation. Your family values, family values, and then you're going to the bunny ranch, you know, that that sort of hypocrisy. But the hypocrisy on the left actually rewards Leftists. Bernie Sanders is the ultimate hypocrite. Why it's okay to be mad about capitalism. Capitalism is terrible. Uh, I'm not sure which one of my mansions I'm going to be at this weekend, but shoot me an email and I'll have my manservant reach you. That sort of hypocrisy. And Oprah is the same way. She, it, Everything you need to know about Oprah can be summarized in the last election in Pennsylvania. Think what you will of Dr. Oz as a candidate and obviously he was not a particularly good candidate but he was friends with oprah she uh they worked together she discovered him she sicked him on the world they theoretically got along he was a nominal conservative all she had to do was not say anything she didn't have to endorse the guy but you know if your best friend is running for something do you say you know what i love the guy so i'm not going to get involved we don't agree politically but i'm just not going to get involved no, she came out in favor of Frankenstein instead. And that tells you everything oh, you need to know about go. Oprah. Here we go. That tells you everything you need to know about Oprah. I'm sorry that she... No, it doesn't tell you everything you need to know when about Oprah. When was the last Oprah? time you think Oprah heard the word no from somebody it mattered from? That somebody that where it could actually impact, where it could stick around? I don't know. I don't know Oprah. It's been a while. Do you think Stedman or Gail are telling her no? No. It's, I don't know, and you don't know that either. Sometimes I know that when you get into do. the billionaire range, you have a polluted view of reality and how somebody can look minute. at their friend. So money, go, you know what? I, what? What? Money doesn't change people, James. So there are no billionaires that are not don't have a polluted sense of reality. No, there aren't. Imagine. Let me put it to you this way. There was one, I, I made very little money when I was out of college and for a number of years after that. And then one time, I started making some money as a consultant and I was in a Target. I needed to get, you know, shampoo, conditioner, whatever. I was in a Target and I realized I just had a good month. I just got a couple of checks in. And I realized that I could buy anything in that Target. Now, the most expensive thing was probably like a $1,500 TV or whatever. But I knew that at that moment, anyway, I could buy anything in that Target without really it being that big of a deal. Now, normally, if I'm spending a hundred bucks, I could spend a hundred bucks. Still to this day, I get uneasy about it, but I could spend a hundred bucks. I could spend twenty bucks at five different places and not think about it inside of five minutes. But I realized, my God, I can afford anything. Now I didn't need anything expensive. 
But I started walking around Target with that sense of, well, I, why don't I buy this? It wasn't I need this or I even want this. Is why don't I buy this? And it really crept in and polluted my my brain for a moment to the point that I had to force myself to only buy what I wanted and, or what I needed and get out of there as quickly as possible. Now imagine that feeling everywhere you go, everywhere you go. There is nothing where like well, I'm going to have to really think about that or I'm going to have to I, I'll work hard and save up to get. No, it's like I want that buy that. You don't get good service at a restaurant. You buy the restaurant and fire the person. You can do literally <laughs> anything you want, anything you want without restriction or consequence. That is going to pollute your worldview. It's not a value judgment. I'm not saying it makes somebody a bad person. I'm saying it makes them different. And without an inner circle of people to literally be able to sit there and go, what are you doing? You stop being a jerk. You will tend to drift towards you get it to you get it by yourself. You had your inner compass pointed in the right direction after right, you Right, but there I was about. talking about a world where I could afford a, a fifty inch TV. I'm not talking about a world where I could afford to there's uh Adam Carolla puts it one way, there's F you money and F me money. F you money is I'm gonna spend money to hurt you for a while. F me money is I can spend money to hurt you that hurts me too because I've got so much money I can't really hurt me. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff, Derek? Okay, we have some calls. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with phones, 800-848-WABC. Now that you understand the difference between F you and F me money, <laughs> and I've always wanted to know what was the difference between the two. See? Journey takes us in, and we'll be right back. It's been a mystery. Welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. The Doobies. The Doobie Brothers, long train running on WABC Talk Radio 77. Derek Hunter is with us. We have even more reaction, and then we're going to take some calls, so don't go away, right? We're going to come to your calls really quickly. I have more reaction. There's a, a more reaction to Derek just slamming this poor baby that was crying oh, for for an hour on the plane. 
And a very nice woman writes to me, they have no other way, these poor babies. I made express- that exact point. Look, I love babies from making them mm-hmm. to raising them. They're, mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun, more so on mm-hmm. the early end of the spectrum. But you... I did not say they're evil. You're the one who's talking about wanting to scream I never said at them. Now you're calling babies evil? They have no other way, these poor babies, to express the problem, their pain, Maybe they and their try. Maybe that's why we've set the expectations for babies so low that we give them a free pass. They, they probably could again. convey it, but they just won't. And now... Idle little jerks who get boob all the time. It's just not cool. What about the rest of us? We don't get boob all the time. <laughs> and then we have a woman who has drugged her kid before she flies. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the kidding. demon. I got I'm the this. demon. I got this. I got this from a friend of mine. We gave our son Benadryl before he flies. Ha ha. The doctor prescribed it. But we. <laughs> what, what doctor's prescribing? You know what? Two hits of whiskey. That'll shut Junior up. Rick in Elmwood Park, you're you're on WABC. Is that doctor from the seventies that was giving all the rock bands drugs? Is that who you <laughs> Doctor Feelgood? <laughs> oh, hi Rick, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy Vladimir Lenin's birthday. It certainly is. I'm surprised Scott didn't bring that up. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> okay, I, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> so What's on your mind, Rick? Can't blame the baby for crying. It found out he was flying southwest. <laughs> the baby was probably sitting next to that lady from last week, and she was all up in his face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here we go, Rick. Thank you. Great line. Uh, Mickey from New Jersey. How are you, Mickey? Hi, James. I would, If I hear a crying baby, I would actually jump out of the airplane. Every time I see a female postal postal worker, I tell her deliver the baby to the guy next door. James, did you work on that one for a while? Yes, Mickey. Yes, Mickey. Every time I see a woman post office worker, I tell her deliver the baby. I heard it. Don't quit your day job. You're not going to be a comedic writer. You're testing out the material. You know, speaking of which, <laughs> back when Saturday Night Live used to be a funny show, there is an anniversary, 1978, on this day, the Blues Brothers first appeared. They were the first of the Saturday Night crew, uh, John Belushi and, and Dan Aykroyd. They made their debut on this date in 1978. They became the first characters on that show to get their own movie. And I tell you what, those now those were some classic movies. The Blues Brothers, that first one, I think that first uh, is hysterical. Did you ever see that one, Derek, or was that past your? Uh, well, that's the Blues just Brothers, me. I've seen the Blues Brothers a thousand times. It's great. I love those guys. We're on a mission from God. Yes. It's dark out, we're two hundred miles to Chicago, half tank gas, half pack of cigarettes, and uh, we're wearing it, uh, dark it, out. It, we're wearing sunglasses. Yeah, it is. everybody's here. Wow. What kind of okay. music you got here normally? Well, I got both kinds, country and western. <laughs> he remembers the lines. That's How do scary. you not? It's one of those movies. I don't remember the lines. I just remember yeah, the good Yeah, you can't even movie. remember one episode of Star Trek Picard you watched two days ago. So 
It had something to do with data. Well, that narrows it down to every episode. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and why would you name something data anyway? That's anyway. Um, Star Trek was always like a weak second to Star Wars. Ugh. It's like who watches what? Uh, what? What? I like you, so. Wait, so you can have an in-depth so discussion about the world of Star Wars? Wait a minute! Hold I watched on, The Mandalorian once. last night too. You want to catch up on that? I'm sure you the don't audience tell me is the absolutely la- riveted by my television viewing habits, but I didn't see the last one of The Mandalorian, so don't spoil. Okay. Wait a minute, Scott. How can you dare sit here and complain and say that they're not even impl- the same? They're not even the same genre of show, honestly. Star Wars. That's right. Star Wars is real science fiction. Star Trek was, I don't know what Star okay, Trek it is was. Science it's fiction, it was whereas so Star Trek lame. is science fiction. People fix, used to watch futuristic Star- science based on fact. They are, yes. There are things like uh, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which says you can never know where a uh, molecule is at any given moment or where, which direction it's going. But to, to make the transporters, they created something bogusly called the Heisenberg compensator. To make, they, they base it in science, whereas Star Wars, they just go light speed whenever they want. I love Star Wars. They go light speed, and there's no explanation whatsoever about how they're able to achieve light speed without reaching infinite Because nobody but you is going to remember that line about the Heisenberg, whatever it is, anyway. Maybe not, but uh, I mean, seriously, me really appreciate it. The only reason people used to watch Star Trek is so they could see Uhura's legs. <laughs> and then they wanted to see which color alien Kirk was going to sleep with. That's it. Yeah, this is the guy with first interspecies. Made- I don't like the original series. It looks like something I could have made with some spray paint and cardboard. But the next generation is excellent, and the Borg are probably the greatest enemy of really any science I don't even know who the movie. Borg are. All I remember was the Klingons or something. Some people and I mean, how is that for a name? A Klingon. I cling it's pretty on good. I mean, yeah, who Proud people with, that? with that- a long history. That took a long time to come up with. Well, what do we call what do we call the the opposition force? I know. Let's call them Klingons. They cling on. Yeah. They... So the the Empire is really digging deep into the basket of originality for a name of bad guys' names. Yeah. What are y'all talking about? Like, how much airtime is Star Trek going to get <laughs> on this show? I did. It's not my show, what is this man. Like the... I didn't have anything. I wasn't even in town that month. What I showed is this up like to talk the... politics. The and AV now I'm getting. The AV club, the chess club in high school, y'all talking. Nobody listening is going to be able to kiss a girl for like a week. I can see all the cheerleaders. I can see all the cheerleaders walking by y'all, y'all, y'all group, just going, "Who are those kids?" Yeah, (laughs) somebody's eating paste over there. Yeah, James. Yeah, (laughs) watching Star Wars. What did you watch, Avery? That you can talk about on radio. <laughs> Anything. I like with Star Wars. I mean, look, it's, it's cool stuff, but look how much airtime it's gotten. Okay. I like Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> James Golden, we're coming back. Our number two. Thank you, Derek. Derek Hunter. Thank you, James. Turn, turn the page already. <laughs> Down we'll with babies. Back. Top of the hour news. More. Babies, fat people, and Star Trek. After this, 800-848-WABC is the number to call on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Coming back. Don't go away.